Rock Studio, the podcast where we dissect, analyze, and discuss the world of rock and roll books, documentaries, and movies. Today we're going to be taking a look at Paul McCartney's book, Lyrics. Is this book worth your time and money? Well, the next 15 minutes of this rock and roll conversation will definitely point you in the right direction. And I promise to deliver it to you with all the passion of a shirtless Iggy Pop stage dive. I'm your host, Big Rick. Let's plug in. Here's how the show is set up. We have three main sets. The first set is the review, and then we give it a rating. Second set, I take a look at what a true McCartney fan will get out of this book. And then we flip it, and we take a look at what, you know, if you're just a casual fan, is this worth your time? I'll give you some insight on that. In the third set, I do my best to answer an impossible-to-answer rock and roll question. And then, like every good rock and roll show, we've got an encore. This is where I dig around and find something else to see, hear, or read about our featured artists. And with Paul McCartney, that is not an easy thing to do. Time for the first set. Let's get into the review. Could this be the holy grail of rock and roll memoirs without being a rock and roll memoir? I mean, as far as songwriters go, I would put Dylan first, but second in line for wanting to learn how the songs came about, what inspired them, how and where they were written, it's definitely McCartney. And this book has been percolating in his life for a while. I mean, it's it's not hard to imagine how many blank checks rolled across his desk for a memoir, but he always claimed he just wasn't comfortable with it. And his reasons that he never kept a diary, I think Jagger was kind of the same too. They didn't keep that day-to-day diary thing and he didn't want to do it. And then around 2015 and lasting for about five years, he was having a conversation with a way to do it, with a way to chronicle his life with the Irish poet and Pulitzer Prize winner, Paul Muldoon. Here's a weird rock fact. Paul Muldoon wrote a song with Warren Zevon. Sorry. How how could I not mention that? So Muldoon goes to the opera with with McCartney's, McCartney's editor, and the next thing you know, the deal is sealed. And what they came up with was just not your typical memoir in any way. I mean, this is what takes this work to a different place and kind of raises the stakes and and really does honor and tribute to Paul McCartney. What they did was they let McCartney's song serve as the narrator. So let Paul like pontificate on a song, where it was written, what was going on in his life, what inspired the composition, and then let him throw in personal photos, notes, and momentums that he had. And over the course of the book, he ended up with this extremely in-depth exploration of his life. And the photos and the mementos are great, too. He, he kept a lot of stuff, a lot more than he kind of let on to. And there's a lot of really, really nice um, photos in this book. And the book itself is large. I mean, 900 pages. It's split into two volumes, and it's arranged alphabetically. In volume one, you get A through K, and volume two is L through Z. And it's made up of, of like snapshots where you can just jump in at any time and be transported to his, to his life. Uh, here's a good example. You've got Golden Slumbers, then Good Day Sunshine, and then Goodbye, Got to Get You Into My Life, and then a 19, I think, 97 solo song, Great Day. So it was really kind of all over the place as far as time goes, but it you can jump in anywhere you want and get a real great feel about what's going on. So is this McCartney's memoir? I mean, not really in a traditional sense. It doesn't read like chapter after chapter. It's not set up where you follow his life along throughout the book. It kind of has like a a coffee table book feel to it. And that's what I really liked about it because I enjoyed taking my time and just going through the songs. I found myself like stopping, listening to the song, 
searching for what he was talking about, just looking for those little hidden gems. Even if it was a song I listened to thousands of times before, it was cool. And, you know, some of that obscure McCartney stuff that I wasn't really super familiar with, it kind of gave a breath of fresh air to that, kind of opened my eyes to what he was working on and what he was doing there. And McCartney really doesn't hold much back. It's, It's amazing the depth of which he describes his relationships in his life. I was kind of surprised by how deep he got about his wives and his kids and, of course, the other Beatles. And to me, this is what makes it actually better than a straightforward memoir. It takes the memoir concept and it delivers it in a really unique fashion. And it also is put together so nice, as I mentioned earlier, as kind of this, you know, Paul deserved this. This is is a package that should be for Paul McCartney. And I can't praise it enough on just how deep and thoughtful and playful the breakdown of these songs and his life are. When we come back, we're going to give Paul McCartney's book, The Lyrics, its official Rock Talk Studio rating. have a question, a different opinion. Hey, who doesn't? We're talking rock and roll here. Shout out to me, Big Rick, at rocktalkstudio at gmail.com. Or you can visit the website to see all the past and upcoming episodes at rocktalkstudio.buzzsprout.com. That's rocktalkstudio.buzzsprout.com. All right, so it's time to put Paul McCartney's lyrics up against our rating system. Here's how our rating system is set up. There's the one is for front row, doesn't get much better. A two, you're in the load seats, not a bad view. And three, you're in the nosebleeds, baby. Paul McCartney, the lyrics, you're front row center. I mean, this is a great read. With this one, you get a backstage pass and a picture taken with Mac himself. Yeah, it's it's that good. Really, really highly, highly recommend this book. Let's go ahead now and jump into our second set. And our second set is is fan versus casual fan. So if you're a fan, McCartney fan, a real McCartney fan, what are you going to get out of this? And of course, with real McCartney fan comes with if you're a Beatles fan too, obviously. And then a casual fan. Is there something in here for a casual fan to enjoy? Is it worth your time to spend going through these 900 pages? Let's take a look at fan first. I mean, if you're a fan, you're going to love it. There's Plenty of Beatles stuff in here. I mean, if I would have to say one thing, it'd be give me more Beatles, but who wouldn't? Uh, but the the amount of intimacy, the amount of information, the amount he discloses about these songs is so worth it for a, a fan of McCartney and the Beatles. This is great. I mean, this book actually holds some of the most new information to come out about the Beatles and McCartney in decades. True fan, gonna love it. Now, a casual fan. What's in it for you? Is this going to do it for you? Uh, for nothing else, it's going to give you insight into the mind and creative process of one of rock's greatest writers. So if you're into rock and roll and you want to know about the process of one of the greatest writers, this is it. It's a large thing to swallow, without a doubt. I mean, there there's a lot going on here, and it could be too much for the casual fan. But again, as something like a coffee table book, something that you can pick up and kind of go through at your leisure set it down, pick it up again, just kind of jump in. That's where this thing is, is is great. Coming up next, the third and final set, and this is where we ask and hopefully answer an impossible-to-answer rock and roll question. What happens when you follow or subscribe to the Rock Talk studio or leave a five-star review? 
Well, the reason why I do this is because I love rock and roll. I love talking about rock and roll. And I want the art form, the conversation about it, and the music to live on. You know, as the makers of the music start to head into the final chapters of their lives, I think it's important to honor them and to keep celebrating the music that has made those classic rock and roll years so special. So hit the subscribe button, join this community, and know that any support is really, really appreciated. All right, it's the impossible question time. Now, first of all, no, the impossible question, it has no definitive answer. It's impossible to answer. The reason why I come up with them is just a kind of a different way to look at the artist, a different scenario, and it's a good way to throw around a weird rock and roll possibility and kind of a what-if situation. Today's impossible question is, if McCartney had to join a band after the Beatles, which one makes most sense? And I came up with three of them. So bands that need bass, we're talking bass players that have left the building for whatever reason. Here's the three. Bill Wyman and the Stones. Wyman left the Stones in 93. Dave Sogren, the Doobie Brothers, the original bass player there, he left the band in 71. And here's Curveball. Let's go with Sting and the police, though Sting didn't technically leave the band, I mean, the, the the police broke up in 86 before they did the farewell tour in 07. So if Paul had to join one of these bands and replace the bass, which band makes most sense? Let's start with the Beatles and looking at, I mean, the, the Stones. Let's take a look at that. McCartney and the Stones is kind of an oddball one. Even more than the police, I think, because of the egos of Jagger and Keith. And, and I, I don't know if that would fit. It would be interesting to see songwriting-wise, but I don't know if that's the fit. The second one, I think, is the one. And that's the Doobie Brothers. So you put McCartney in with the original Doobie lineup, but then you put McCartney in the lineup that had Michael McDonald and Jeff Skunk Baxter. And you've got a super group. And you've got a sound that I think really fits McCartney and McCartney could have jumped into that sound and expand that sound and take that sound to other limits. Um, it's right after kind of when the Beatles broke up 71. So the dates kind of match up. I think that'd be a really good band for McCartney to jump in and maybe stay in for a long time. The third one, the police without sting. So we're talking Stuart Copeland, Andy Sumner. That would be interesting. I mean, it would definitely be the more unique of the three. The sounds would have been a lot different. What McCartney would offer to that three-piece would have been really cool. To see him in a three-piece band would have been uh, uh, a cool scenario to see McCartney in. But I'm going to go with door number two, and that's the Doobie Brothers to answer today's impossible question, Paul McCartney and the Doobie Brothers. Before we move on, I want to share a little bit about what's coming up next on the next couple of episodes. Randy Rhodes' documentary, Reflections of a Guitar Icon, is the next one we're going to do. And I just finished reading the Cheap Trick book. This band has no past, so that one follows the Randy Rhodes. And I'm also about halfway through the Matt Sorum book. That book is crazy. That's a wild read. That one's coming up. And then there's a couple documentaries, the Credence documentary, Live at Royal Albert Hall, and also Let There Be Drums. You can find out all the episodes that we have listed and recorded and the upcoming episodes at rocktalkstudio.buzzsprout.com. That's rocktalkstudio.buzzsprout.com. Time for the show's encore where we send you off with something you have to know, see, or read about McCartney. And because it's Paul McCartney, you get two encores. Of course you do. Uh, The first one is the Hulu special. This is where he walks through his songs with Rick Rubin. And this is like the book on steroids. 
you get McCartney on piano. He's at the mixing board going through different songs, talking about different sounds, who created them, who played on them. It's just great, great special. And then you throw in Rick Rubin geeking out and asking all kinds of probing questions to know everything that McCartney is willing to share. And it's a lot. And you have four parts of this uh, this masterpiece. It's, it's highly recommended. And then you get another masterpiece with what Peter Jackson put together with Get Back. Um, the marathon three-parter basically is the camera rolling all the time in the studio as the Beatles work on the, the final album, Let It Be. It's so, so good. It's so in-depth. It's so personal. It shows another side of the Beatles that I don't think a lot of people saw. I mean, everybody was talking about the breakup, Yoko being in there. But this shows that this band was, um, you know, having good times together, writing classics in the studio, being feel filmed. They were uncomfortable, but they were still producing such great, great music. And you also get uh, never-before-seen footage of the Abbey Road rooftop concert, and that was really cool. This double encore is such a huge gift for every McCartney and Beatle fan out there. It's a must-must-see. talking rock and roll and appreciate anyone who takes a few minutes out of their day to enjoy the ride with me remember you can find other and future episodes at rocktalkstudio.buzzsprout.com all right tear it down pack it up and head on down the road we'll see you next time in the rock talk studio